We're back with another edition of Making Money. The financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager, is with us. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, we teased last week we wanted to talk about picking a financial team. And and I'm a believer that you need some expert advice in this area because it's gotten complicated, hasn't it? Yeah, and we're going to be talking about five people you require in your financial team. And for a lot of people, they don't need all five. They might need two or three or four of them. But trying these days to do it yourself or DYI, it's just very difficult because, like you say, things have gotten extremely complicated. And often it's cost effective to having someone help you especially if you can control your costs when dealing with them, because often what you'll find is their help is going to save you a lot more money than their fees are going to cost you. So we're going to help you identify the types of members of your team you need. Then we're also going to take a look at how to find them. And then finally, we'll look at how to keep your professional costs down when using them. I know I've, I've met some people over the years uh, that do, do a lot of their investing themselves. And some of them have been relatively successful, but others have been burned. And uh, the reason is because they started wading into waters that they really didn't have any expertise in. So to start with, is it best to get an advisor? And when you say advisor, we think of somebody like what you did as a portfolio manager, right? Yeah, an advisor can have many roles. They can actually help you do a financial plan. They can help you with your asset selection. They can help determine your risk tolerance. They can actually portfolio manage for you or just look after the investments. They can help you with basic tax strategy. And an investor or an advisor for an investor might be a good choice versus do it yourself. You know, if you inherit a lot of money or maybe you get a big insurance settlement, sometimes large amounts of money, you realize that when you're farting around, you got just a little bit, it might be easy to handle that. But when you've got huge amounts of money that, that come in, all of a sudden there's a lot of implications where you should put it, how you should set up for their family, how you should make it tax efficient, how much risk you want to take. And most people, they don't have the skill set to be able to do that. And also, you know, some people just like to outsource the job. If you're busy and, you know, you've got a you've got a family or you've got a business or you've got health issues that consume a lot of your time, um, if, you, if you keep your costs down, uh, outsourcing the job to a financial advisor can be a good choice. And there again, the more complex your financial situation gets, often the more skills that a financial advisor can help you to make it cost-effective for you to to end up using their help. I think the other one that's uh, that's so important here is an accountant, right? Uh, I mean, I can't stand doing my tax return. I, I have an accountant for years. It, and, and it's somebody you can talk to when you're thinking about pulling the trigger on something. You can talk about the implications of going ahead with that. Yeah, and an accountant has has two major functions. First of all, uh, they can help you plan to make your portfolio and assets more tax efficient. There's lots of things that accountants know that, uh, frankly, even if you sit down with them, and I try to do that even, you know, I've got a pretty good understanding of tax, but I usually sit down with my accountant every year for about half an hour, 
get him to look over my things and ask him questions like, how can I be this more tax efficient? And he always has ideas for me. So uh, often you'll find that just the tax savings alone uh, will be far exceed uh, what they charge you to do your returns. So uh, I find, especially for myself, an accountant just saves me a lot of time because it's not just doing your tax return. It's also spending all the time you need to spend reading up on the current legislation to make sure you're getting all the benefits that you qualify for. Yeah, every time and a budget so, comes out, the changes, it seems, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and so you have to ask yourself, well, if you have the time to sit down and spend hours and hours wading through stuff on the CRA site and to understand all the nuances that apply to you, good for you. Um, I find it's just more efficient um, to, to hand it over to an accountant. And uh, I know it's done, and I know it's done well in the, the case of the, the, the guys that I use. So, you know, I find an accountant a very cost-efficient uh, way to handle my, my, my tax and my filing issues. And if you, as you mentioned, if you, if you come into a substantial amount of money and you have family and you're wondering about estate planning, you should probably have a lawyer in the mix here somewhere, shouldn't you? Well, they can help you with the wills, with the powers of attorney, with personal directives. They can also give you advice on trusts, business partnership structures, foreign assets, how, like how to buy a home outside of Canada. Uh, they can also help you with uh, family law. You know, if you're going to lend your kids some money and they're just getting married uh, to another partner, uh, how to set that up uh, so that you have uh, a appropriate legal protection in place so that if the marriage falls apart, your assets don't go with it. You know, so there's a lot of areas a lawyer can help you with. And that area, those areas especially, uh, I know people like to DIY this or, or not even have uh, wills, powers of attorney, and in business partnerships, they just try to write something up and do it themselves. But believe me, a lawyer is gold when it comes to these situations, not especially if things go right, but if things start going wrong and to have the legal structure behind you to back you up is really important. Financial planner. This is somebody you can sit down with. Uh, and, and I'm thinking specifically, maybe when you're a little younger, Ron, and would, would, would that be fair to say that, that can sort of give you a roadmap of what to do? Well, I think there's two times in life where you really need some financial planning, actually maybe three times in life. The first is early on in life to give you a plan to help you set some goals. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you're younger and you've got a 40-year career ahead of you, if you've got some goals and you know how much you're going to have to save to get to the end of the road, uh, that's helpful. Also, if you're transitioning out of work and you're moving to retirement, financial planner can really help you because they can figure out how much money you have, how long it will last, what your tax implications are, you know, whether it's best to start taking it out of your RSP or, or when to convert to a RIF or should you be taking it out of your TFSA, when should you start taking Canada Pension Plan. You know, a financial planner can help you with all those things. So uh, that's also an area where, where they can really be helpful. And also, um, if, if you're passing on, you know, you're toward the end of your life and you're, you're looking at passing on assets uh, to different family members, 
they can also help you put together a plan uh, that will give uh, the kids the most bang for their buck. So financial planner is, can be very, very useful. And I like independent financial planners because uh, typically if you're dealing with a financial planner who's an advisor, and there's lots of good ones that won't take advantage of you, but one of the risks by using an advisor who's also a financial planner is they have an inherent conflict of interest because they'll end up showing you plans built around the kind of products they sell rather than uh, building a plan that has the financial products that might be the best for you. So remember, an an independent financial planner isn't selling products. They're only making money off the plans that they provide you. So there's no conflict of interest. A mentor. I I, uh, I always this this made me laugh when I saw the note because I think back to a man that you and I both knew and and really cared a lot about, Mr. Lang. Uh, I remember when I was working with him back in the seventies when RSPs came out. I went to him and I, and you know he was pretty astute financially. He paid attention, and I said to him, "What part of this doesn't make sense?" And he said, yeah, it seems like a pretty good idea. And so I dipped my toes into RSPs a long time ago. So having somebody that's got some financial street smarts is a good idea? Because here again, they have nothing financially to gain from any of the decisions that you make. And, you know, you need a mentor, frankly, who's just not a bootlicker, who's going to agree with everything you do. So you want to have a mentor, frankly, who has... Uh, the backbone to say, you know, that's really not a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, you shouldn't be doing that because there's too much risk involved and it could hurt you financially. So your mentor not only has to be smart, but uh, they have to be willing to give you good advice, even if it's advice you don't particularly want to hear. So how do we find this team? What's a good way to go about sort of setting a plan in motion here? Well, one of the best ways, Gord, is just talking to friends and business associates because most of us have friends who are roughly at the same uh, point in their career uh, and at the same career level as we are. This makes it easier to ask them for referrals because they're probably getting uh, their team to do the same type of work that you need done. So there's some parallel um, interests there. So, you know, ask around. Ask, you know, who do you use that you'd recommend? Uh, You can also ask the professionals who they'd recommend. For example, uh, you go in every year to your accountant, uh, or maybe you go in every once in a while to your lawyer, and if you have a lawyer and you need an accountant or have an advisor and and, uh, you need a financial planner or or one of them, ask them because um, they often see the work of other people. Like when I was in the business, I saw work done by lawyers all the time. I saw work done by accountants all the time. And some of the stuff that was done was frankly exceptional. You know, some of the wills I saw were strictly cut and paste and and they, they really didn't cover all the needs the client needed. So after a while, you know who's really good and who isn't. And so if you ask one of the professionals you're dealing with to give you some ad- advice um, they've seen other professionals work in other fields, and they can tell you um, where the quality is that you might not necessarily see. And also ask professionals you deal with who their clients are recommending. Because I've often had 
when I was in the industry, I'd have lawyers um, call me up and say, could we go for lunch? And we'd end up uh, trading referrals because the client would say, um, hey, uh, go and talk to this guy. He's pretty good at what he does. And I had, I did that as well. I have people would come in and I'd, I'd look at some of the stuff that the, that they were doing. And they say, you know, this is the best lawyer or best accountant I've ever had. And so you'd phone them up and say, look, uh, can I uh, spend a few minutes talking to you? Because I'd like to give you some referrals. And usually uh, that network is also a great way to find out who is is really going to do a good job for you. So how do you keep your costs down when you're doing this? I, I, I kind of think, I, I always favored that sort of boutique sort of thing. Maybe not the big downtown ivory tower group, right? Well, you know, a lot of the big downtown, um, you know, law offices, accounting offices, they tend to deal with uh, corporations and they have higher priced uh, staff who has very particular areas of expertise. So I've often found that, uh, you know, if you pick smaller firms outside the downtown core, like you say, Gord, that are kind of boutique they have less overhead, their prices are more reasonable, and they often don't have as big a client base so they can take more time with you individually. So uh, those boutique firms, I think, are a great idea. And I always look for somebody that had experience. Again, this goes to referrals. I'd talk to somebody and say, you should talk to this guy. So I would go and have a visit with them and sit down and have a chat. If you had a comfort level with them and they've been around the game for a while, you'd say, okay, I could do business with this person, correct? Well, it's kind of counterintuitive. You, you start thinking, well, if someone's got lots and lots of experience, they're going to be charging me more. But on the other side, you shouldn't be interested in, in paying someone to get experience on your dime. So, you know, someone who doesn't have a lot of experience might be charging you less, but could take a lot longer to do the same job just because they're learning while they go. And so if you want to pay for someone's education, that's fine. But someone who's got lots of experience, they can usually get the job done in a very short period of time. And even the higher costs, uh, when you amortize it out over over a time frame, you'll find that are quite reasonable, and then you know the kind of job you're getting to. You should ask about fees up front, shouldn't you? What's this going to cost me? Yeah, yeah. don't wait until you get the bill to start negotiations. You want to do, uh, you want to get to the negotiations done up front, and then you also, while you're talking to them, you want to find out what prep work uh, would work uh, that you can do rather than they do. Write down your questions so you can launch right into uh, the discussion rather than going on a fishing expedition and spending needless money. And there's no use paying someone $500 an hour to assemble names, addresses, and phone numbers that you can send them electronically and they can cut and paste. So, you know, the trick is to be prepared when you go in, know what questions you want to ask. If there's stuff that needs to be gathered, try and do a lot of that research yourself and email it to them. Um, like I say, paying someone big fees for for doing mundane jobs is not uh, is not going to save you any money. So I think the moral of this of this particular episode of making money is if you think you're a do-it-yourselfer, you better make sure that you're competent in all these areas we talked about. And as you said at the top, Ron, I don't know anybody that can fill that bill really. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully uh, we'll 
this podcast will also direct you on on where to find these quality people and uh, you know how to arrange your uh, affairs once you discuss as you start discussing uh, your financial needs with them so that you're getting most the bang that you possibly can for your buck. All righty. Well, that's another edition of Making Money. Questions or show suggestions? Always welcome. Let's make money.ca our website. You can reach us there and it might take us a, you know, a little while to get back to you or to prepare the show, so please be patient. It's a two-man operation here. So, uh, you know, we don't have I don't turn over my shoulder and see 35 researchers working. <laughs> Uh, but we're back next week with another edition of Making Money. We're going to talk about some of the factors that you need to worry about when you're thinking about investing. And uh, Ron will join us then. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.